Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 192 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Beite Demeka. Beite Demeka is the president and vice chairman of the board of Project Mercy, a US-based and registered non-profit organization implementing programs designed to eliminate poverty in rural communities. Project Mercy started operations in Africa 42 years ago, providing aid, shelter, food, healthcare, education and resettlement assistance to refugees in seven countries. For the past 28 years, the organization has focused its efforts exclusively in Ethiopia with development programs that lift communities out of poverty. Prior to joining Project Mercy, Beite has over 30 years experience with IBM in information technology. His last post was as the Vice President of Software for IBM's Growth Markets, headquartered in Shanghai, China. He was responsible for managing a multi-billion dollar business and leading over 5,000 employees in more than 140 countries across Asia, Central and Eastern Europe, Middle Eastern Africa and Latin America. Beite was a member of IBM's Growth and Transformation Team a selected group of senior IBM executives that are change agents for transformation and growth of the company. Following a two-year sabbatical from IBM to serve in Project Mercy, Beite retired from IBM in mid-2016 and now holds the responsibilities as President and Board Vice Chairman of Project Mercy Inc. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Beite's insights into the non-profit sector and we'll hear about some of the work being undertaken by Project Mercy. So Beite, it's a pleasure to have you on the line. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much, Tom. So to kick things off, Beite, could you please share a little bit about your background and what led to your work in the non-profit sector? Uh, sure, Tom. Um, you know, I've always been passionate about making impact in, in rural communities and as you said, I spent over 30 years working in corporate America. And when it came time, uh, you know, I decided to make a transition to full-time work with, uh, with Project Mercy. Um, in, uh, in the spirit of full transparency, the organization was started by our parents as uh, an aid organization assisting refugees and famine victims. But uh, you know, 28 years ago, the focus shifted from aid to development. And uh, now we primarily focus on uh, development with time-to-time engagement in, in aid as uh, the situations require. So that is uh, the brief background. It's really rooted in, in long-held uh, belief and uh, passion and interest uh, in making an impact uh, in, in really rural settings. Mm, wonderful. So as president and vice chairman of Project Mercy then, could you tell us a little bit more about the work being undertaken in Ethiopia and some of the recent outcomes? Uh, sure. Uh, you know, over time, we have evolved our model to bring five components that that, that we believe are essential uh, for rural community development. And 
you know, these five components are education, health, nutrition, vocation, and infrastructure development. So by working closely with the community to interweave and execute programs in these five areas, we really are impacting lives uh, and, and, and helping to change and shift uh, the way communities develop. So to give you some examples to, to take these words and kind of make them concrete, we opened the first school ever in this rural community called Yetabon, Ethiopia. That's mm. uh, in this part of Ethiopia. And uh, on the first day of school, we had 358 students in, in this new school we opened. Well, today, uh, we have over 1,600 students enrolled in our school. And in addition, the community has worked with uh, local leaders and, and, and local government to open five additional schools. Wow. Uh, so today, there are over 3,500 children that have the opportunity for education. So the number really is 10 times more than what we started with uh, when we opened the first school. If I give you another example, so something similar can be said for the two-room clinic uh, we started, which has now been replaced by a 52-bed primary hospital in this rural community that in 2018 served over 15,000 patients. Mm. Uh, but the clinic is operational and, and is delivering proactive daily care for students in the school where roughly between 10 and 15 students every day come for, you know, all types of health needs that these are the kinds of injuries that you'd expect, you know, little kids in school to have, you know, they bang their toe, they have a cut, there's an infection. Uh, sometimes there's even some sort of an outbreak within that school. So uh, that, that's another example of, of, of uh, you know, working in that community and when it comes to uh, things like nutrition, we've taken a dual approach where for our students, we actually serve uh, breakfast and lunch for children that are in pre-kindergarten to, to eighth grade. Mm. But at the same time, you know, we propagate these improved skills in vegetable and fruit trees and, 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 and dairy cattle and poultry farming so that the community itself has improved nutrition uh, in the home as well as there's an opportunity for some economic empowerment by taking, for example, you know, excess supply of vegetables or excess supply of milk or excess supply of eggs and selling it into the market and creating income opportunities. So, Tom, though I haven't touched on vocational infrastructure, but I'm sure you can see how these five components of education, health, nutrition, vocational infrastructure, they work together uh, to drive impact in, in rural communities. Mm, yep, absolutely. And there's some phenomenal impact being made there, Beto. So, so well done on leading the charge of the organisation. Now, I'm really excited to meet you in a week or so in Addis Ababa because you're a speaker at this year's Social Enterprise World Forum. So what are you most looking forward to about the World Forum this year? Well, uh, three thoughts come to mind. <laughs> First, uh, we are very excited to participate in the first ever social enterprise world forum uh, held in Africa mm. and certainly very honored uh, being here in Ethiopia uh, to, uh, to be here and to, we look forward to meeting you in, 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 in the small way that we can hosting. Uh, second, you know, we understand that there are uh, 1,200 attendees that will participate. I think that's the number, maybe more. 
and 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 you know they're a mix of uh, social enterprise leaders, policymakers, development partners, private sector representatives, academicians, uh, practitioners, and 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 others coming from forty over forty countries around the world. So we think this this is going to be an exceptional opportunity uh, for learning and and uh, for sharing of ideas. So so I guess I would say you know uh, we're, we're looking forward to learning from the wealth of knowledge that's going to be available. Mm. And uh, lastly, uh, we're also looking forward to sharing our model for rural community development. And we look forward to being joined by other like-minded participants in the in, in propagating this, this integrated model of community development that I mentioned earlier. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be such a great event with such a such an amazing group of, of participants globally, as you say. Now, at the Forum Beta, you'll be presenting on a panel discussing social enterprise in community health. So can you please share with us how social enterprise in community health is implemented in the work that Project Mercy is doing in rural Ethiopia? Tom, thank you very much for asking this question. Um, and, and to start getting at the answer, I'd like to first decouple the words social enterprise and, and community health for a moment. Uh, you know, I think the broad definition of social enterprise is an enterprise public that is cause-driven and its primary reason for being is to improve and serve a common good or the common good of let's say, community or, or people or society. And, and when we look at community health, and, you know, I, I think that's the that's the total sum of all initiatives, the, you know, education, health, hygiene, sanitation, clean water, and, and of course, you know, healthcare services, mm. uh, that in total health. So, you know, as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, we at Project Mercy work very closely with the community to address needs that are, that are raised, not by us, but by the community. Mm. Uh, so as an example, when the community asks for a clinic, which I mentioned earlier is now a primary hospital, uh, we committed to do our part, but we also asked what it is that the community is willing to do uh, to realize this request or to realize this dream. So the community got together and they worked among themselves to come up with a land on which their hospital is going to be built. Well, the social enterprise part of this is that the community figured out how to give up valuable land, which is really how they make their living. I mean, they're rural farmers. Land is a precious, precious resource. Mm. It's passed on from, you know, grandparent to, to parent to child. So, you know, they came up with a scheme by how they collectively are going to give up this very valuable resource that the hospital can be built uh, for the common good of the people that are living in the area. So, you know, in essence, they, they prepaid or they, they fully financed the land acquisition investment required for this initiative. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, in our portion of bringing the total solution together uh, for the community by building this and operating, you know, this, this, this hospital, but we're also augmenting it with other community outreach programs that, you know, have to do with, you know, education, as I mentioned, hygiene, sanitation, nutrition. And, you know, other related programs that the community needs. Of course, it's really impossible you know, to do this type of work without partnership with other organizations like Johnson & Johnson. And, you know, I mentioned Johnson & Johnson. 
in full transparency. You know, we're participating at this at this uh, event along with Johnson and Johnson. But but really, there are many institutions uh, worth uh, and deserve mentioning that work in this space and globally to make this kind of partnership possible, mm. where there's a an enterprise with with, with a view towards really impacting lives in the developing world. Uh, and then there's a community at the at the local level. And then there are organizations like us that actually connect this and make it work at the community level. Mm, absolutely. Well, it's, it's some fantastic work that's being done there, Beite. And so to finish off, I'm really curious to hear, I mean, with your deep experience in the nonprofit sector, you've obviously seen some change over the last five years globally. So I'm really keen to hear about where you've seen that change and, and importantly, where do you see the nonprofit sector going into the future? Well, if, if, you, if you'd allow me, Tom, uh, I'd like to take the liberty to expand this, the five-year time frame a bit. And, and you know, if you, if you go back a little, a little bit of time, uh, you know, the nonprofit sector you know, took a vertical approach to picking an area of need and, and driving solutions uh, around eradicating that need, and, and in some cases, eradicating that need globally. By the way, that model is still very relevant. You know, when you look at uh, health-related issues like Ebola or cholera or you know other outbreak-prone diseases mm. that impact people. But the shift that I see is, is towards uh, taking a holistic approach to address needs in, 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 in developing countries. Because, you know, as an example, health-related problems really stem from lack of education or the lack of nutrition and or uh, the lack of improved infrastructure. Yep. Uh, or, you know, other problems related to poverty st- stem from illiteracy or, or, or lack of vocation or lack of nutrition or lack of health. So, you know, these things are, you know, highly interrelated. So, you know, uh, and, and I'm aware of, and, and you probably have also seen some of this uh, developing, you know, well, you know, very well-respected institutions like Stanford University are grappling with the challenge and, and, and the approach of creating what, what is called ideal villages globally uh, you know, that take an integrated approach to solving problems in rural communities. And, and, and what we're seeing is that these, uh, these integrated approaches you know, actually have a way of being able to eat on each other and create m- more lasting impact. So, so in that, you know, I think there's a shift from taking a primarily vertical approach to solving problems uh, to looking at interrelated horizontal solutions to create lasting impact. Mm, fantastic insight to finish up on, Beite. And I'm sure the audience of the World Forum will, will get further insights into your work and some of those insights next week in Addis Ababa. So, Beite, thank you very much for providing your generous insights and time today. And we'll most certainly look forward to tracking your journey into the future. Uh, well, fantastic. And again, thank you for this opportunity and uh, definitely look forward to seeing you and you know, future opportunities to work together. Absolutely. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. 
please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.